0: the time has come welcome to off Off script where we talk to film tourists filmmakers podcasters or anyone else who's interested in cinema
1: well i appreciate you hopping on with me um this shouldn't take too long
0: yeah no problem
1: um but yeah i am joe by the way and nice to meet you
0: nice to meet you man
1: i guess i'll start with a little background about me and kind of what i do um So I am, my name is Joe, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I work in video production. Um, I do video editing for the Minnesota Wild, so I work in sports. Um, I went to film school in Savannah, Georgia, and then moved out to Portland, Oregon for a little bit, did a lot of agency work, and then we ended up here. So originally from New York. and basically, OnSet is an app where you can kind of, you know, help you find movie locations because I love to take trips, you know, to go find locations. Yeah, and
0: that's so cool. It. I think that's that's, that's helpful. And uh, wait, so um, you do work for the uh, the hockey team, Wild? Is that Correct. right? Yep, I do yep. all the editing for them. Oh, that's awesome. So, do you get any like uh, like access to like on, on ice? Uh,
1: yeah, totally. Yeah, and I I was able to shoot some of the playoff games too, which was really cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah, playoff hockey is wild. The atmosphere—it's—it's it's, it's completely different from regular season. When you get to playoff hockey, it's just like crazy. It's—I—I—I—I'm—I'm I'm a casual fan of hockey, um, but it's okay. always worthwhile watching in the playoffs because it's just such a different atmosphere. It's—it's it's crazy. It's—it's it's a lot of fun.
1: It's so fun, and the videos just make it even better to make. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Well, of course. Well. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. But that's a good job to get. So um, when did you graduate?
1: I graduated in 2016.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's a a good place to be. Now, did you always want to, when you were in film, do like when you were in film school? Where did you want to go?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I wasn't really sure, Um, and my school was basically like very feature film focused. So you know, LA or New York, and I I didn't know at the time. I was like, oh, maybe you know, I'm a big horror guy, obviously. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I'll you know work my way into horror, but. And then I love sports so much, but then I kind of figured out that I could make that a living working in sports. So yeah. um, maybe eventually down the line I'll be in movies, but right now it's kind of nice. Well, right
0: now that kind of video production is really it's really needed, and also um, it, it pays the bills. Um, and venturing into um, uh, feature, even shorts, uh, any kind of the creative filmmaking, it will take a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for people to actually make that as a, as a career to generate income and stuff. So it's, it's a tough, it's such a tough field to get into. Um, uh, especially now, it, it's just because it's, there's just so much going on in, in production. And it's really hard to uh, uh, get your foot in the door, start earning money on just making genre feature films. Uh, so it's tough. So but, so That's getting fun. in somewhere is something that took me a while was trying to find my place when I came out of school is also, um, you know, trying to Get into video production on different levels than just making films, and uh now that, that was also tough for me to do as well. So it's it's good that you've got that that good job, and that's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome so far. So I love it. Sure. Yeah, I've been trying to make films, you know, short films with my buddies on the side if I can if I have time. So that's
0: a great way to spend your uh, your time is also just making short films, no matter how low budget, low production they are. uh If you're just making them for ten dollars, it's just always just. Good to just keep on making them. It's just such good practice, uh, just to have it under your belt. When eventually you do step into making a future film, if you have a bunch of shorts under your under your belt, then that's really good.
1: Totally. That's, yeah, that's great. They're great to know. Um, yeah, I mean, another reason why I like horror movies, and we'll get into it eventually. But like, I feel like there's just so many, you know, cheaply made horror movies that are so good. So I think that's it's cool to do that and see yeah. other people do that, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, well, cool. So like, I guess with the app we have, it's basically like. We have a little podcast where you review movies and I did this little side podcast on my own where we I kind of interview filmmakers or, you know, film location goers or whoever's really interested in movies. Um, and I've been trying to, you know, get with directors and writers, whatever, whoever I can reach out to, honestly, and just talk to them. Love to, you know, learn about more about you and how you got into your films, what you're into, how the whole, you know, the trilogy started, you know, any kind of information that you would like to provide.
0: Yeah, sure, of course.
1: So, yeah, I guess the, Glenn, my first question would be, you know, I guess start from the beginning, like way, you know, first of all, the Hell House movies, I think that's what we're going to talk about because those are what I reached out to you about. And I found footage is one of my favorite subgenres. I think it's very creative. If you do it well, it's very creative. It's fun to watch and it's very, it makes, makes it scarier for me because it's, you know, you're, it's almost like you're there. And because I don't really get scared of horror, but yeah. if it's done well, I, I really appreciate it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love the trilogy especially the first movie. And honestly, throughout all of them, there's really good jump scares and I think jump scares are really hard to do well. Um, And I think you achieved that very well. So I would love to kind of hear the background of those movies or maybe start with the first one, whatever you kind of want to go about. Oh yeah, sure. No,
0: I, yeah. Thanks for saying that. Um, You're right. Found footage uh, can add another layer to any scare because it makes it feel real. So just if, if it's, it's like you caught a ghost on real amateur video, it's less Hollywoodized. So then therefore it feels more authentic and therefore scary. So found footage has, you have an advantage on uh, in, do, in scares when you're doing it found footage because, and the way I wanted to do it was make it like a documentary which also just makes it seem more real too when you're making it like um, uh, a documentary. I took my inspiration from the movie like Mungo which I okay. think was brilliant um, in what they did. Um, and, and, and knowing that you can make a documentary, uh, uh, you know, fake documentary and, and, and make the scare seem real and unsettling. But um, also found footage is, is, a, is a cheaper way of, of making movies. So, you know, us uh, indie filmmakers that just go out to make our first film, we, we don't have big budget, we don't have a lot of money, a lot of resources to draw on. So uh, it's a good way to get into horror uh, but you also, you know, yeah, as you said, you have to do it right, too, because there's it's since it's so cheap to make, everybody can do it. And uh, so I think, um, uh, you know, trying to do a different angle on it, uh, make it as believable as you as you possibly can is, is the best way to go about doing found footage and uh, making a documentary uh, just goes into that. You know, you just like sit down interviews it's a kind of a simple lighting setup. Um, you can bang out a lot of them during the day. So your, your production schedule isn't really too much. Um, you know, we filmed the Hell House movies in like 10 to 12 days, all of them. I think the first one took like 12 days. And that was only because we shot for 10 days out at the hotel, out at the Abaddon Hotel. And then we shot for another two days in New York. And those are just doing all the interviews. Um, and so like we were able to really bang out like 30 pages of script. Um, probably not 30, maybe like 20 pages of script in those two days. And that's just doing the interviews. And then, um, other, uh, and the shooting at the hotel can be done at t- in 10 days because in found footage, you're doing one camera angle for every scene. So, and then what, in what's complicated about the regular narrative films, which we just finished one last year. And that's, that, that was a 22 day shoot. And that's just because, you know, you're doing like seven, eight, um, camera setups, uh, for every scene. And that, and that's, uh, you know, rigging, uh, tweaking the lighting for every different setup and it takes a long time. And so time is money. And so every new day of production is a lot of money. So the more, um, what I love about found footage is that if we can shoot a movie in 10 to 12 days, that we don't have to have a hundred thousand dollars to film a movie or a million dollars, like other, the bigger films need, you know, like, um, we, we can do it just for a few thousand, um, and but also but not not sacrifice a quality um which we did which we were able to do so you got to find that middle ground where you you have to make these movies cheaply because we don't have a big production budget but also make sure that even though they're cheap you still you're doing everything right with sound um and camera work and lighting and all that stuff so you have to find that middle ground where you can do things uh you have to give and take in certain areas if you're working with your budget but uh uh, but that's what that's what's fun about making movies is finding out what you can do what you can't do and trying to make it work and present the, the product that's awesome now how big was your crew for the for the, film? for the original um i forget offhand but we had um uh you know production manager um uh, dp gap um grip uh sound um makeup artists obviously which in horror makeup artists is like you know this <laughs> is as important as uh, <laughs> photography um, uh, and a few other roles I, I'm, I'm blanking on, though. But so there's probably like a, a group of like 10 or 12 on the crew, um, you know, including uh, production assistants as well. And uh, and then the actors and then we shot with the, the main cast, which are the five main Hell House actors out at the location. Um, so in and the, and the thing, I mean, actually, the production of Hell House was mostly the biggest expenses is, is uh, logic uh because we were out there in the middle of nowhere and you got to put all these actors up in hotels uh and even though it was like a a cheaper uh like motel it was still you know it still costs money uh, every night there's, there's you know so that's like i think i want to say like 17 18 people we had to put up for um almost two full weeks so that cost a lot of money that cost that was most of the budget and obviously uh food and everything like that but um uh, so I think the remote location caused the budget to go up uh, a lot. Uh, and, you know, in this last movie we filmed, we were able to utilize Airbnb a lot more and that saved a lot of money. Uh, but when you're going to uh, hotels, because I don't even think Airbnb was a thing. When we shot Hell House um, in 2014, I don't think Airbnb was a thing. Um, but uh, your hotels get expensive. <laughs> when you're on location, putting up everybody day, every night, that's, it gets expensive. I especially remember that in Hell House 3, was very expensive because there were nights where we had, the Hell House 3 had such a large cast to begin with, but then on a few nights where we had to put up the casts of the other movies as well, um, one and two came in for a night. And so we had all the cast of three, all the cast of two and one all together, um, plus all of our crew. And like we had the entire inn taken up for just Hell House. And um, which was great, it was fun. Everyone had a good time. The cast had a good time mingling and meeting each other. Um, but it costs a lot of money.
1: (laughs) I can imagine now your location where you guys shot, at least the first film, um, was that kind of always in your mind or did you guys scout that out or how did that fit in? Uh,
0: yeah, I scouted it out, but, uh, when I originally wrote it, it was supposed to be an abandoned house. And if you go to my Twitter feed, it's in my, my pin tweet is the, the house I found. Um, that really sparked the idea of Hell House, the company, Alex, and everything like that. And it was, a, it was a, an abandoned house I found in Rockland County, uh, right outside of New York City, uh, Rockland Lake. And I was out there, go right over the GW Bridge, and you're in New Jersey and you take a right and you're still, you're back in New York State. And, I, and you drive up the Palisades, it's beautiful up there. And uh, I found this abandoned house and just uh, took a picture of it and inspired the story. So I wrote it as a house, and, but then I realized I can't really film in an abandoned house. It presents so much logistical nightmares, um, uh, insurance nightmares, obviously, because it's just not safe. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, and it doesn't have electricity, which is a big component of filming movies is electricity. But um, uh, so I realized, I said, well, why don't we make this into a place? I, what I really started looking for was uh, actual haunted houses, attraction, actual haunted house attractions. And the reason I did that was because if you find the right one, it might look abandoned enough um, and then it's it's functioning. I, so you, you don't really have to do too much set design and spend money on production design because it's set up inside the way you want it to and outside is the exact way you want it to. It looks beat down and decrepit, but it, it has electricity, it's functioning. Um, so that, and so I was looking at places all over the map and, you know, reaching out to, uh, haunted, uh, attraction owners. And I I reached out to Angie who owns the, um, uh, Waldorf, uh, the haunting at the Waldorf. And that's just an hour and a half outside New York city, about two hours outside New York city. So it wasn't really, that's a huge hurdle in terms of transportation, getting everyone out there. It's um, by a hub for a bus station, so I was able to bus people out there. So location wise, that worked out. Uh, and then meeting her, and she took me around the uh, her haunt, and it it fits the story perfectly. Um, and I, I had to, I would t- change things from it being a house, but change it to the it being a hotel. But a lot of the stuff was already still there anyways with Tolly in his cult, so it didn't really uh changed too much it just uh, and it, it, so it just worked out perfectly she took me to these bedrooms upstairs i'm like i need bedrooms i'll just turn them into their hotel bedrooms instead of house bedrooms and it, it, nothing big had to change what it did make was it, it, it helped in the opening scene with the chaos of everyone trying to get out um it made it that place was such a um Amazed to begin with. The hotel itself, you walk through there, you can get lost. And a lot of people did. And we were filming there, like a lot of our actors or crew didn't know where they were at times because it's just, you're going in and out of corridors everywhere. And that made it better for filming uh, because people were running around trying to get out. It was much better in this maze of a real haunted location uh, rather than trying to do it in, in like an old abandoned house. It was it, so it worked. So finding Angie and finding this uh, hotel worked out so well uh, for both of us because Angie's been having uh, fun promoting Hell House too on her end. Like keeping some of the when she gets uh, a lot of guests for the Halloween season, she uh, a lot of people come out there to see some of the Hell House stuff, and she keeps it up there. And um, she, the clown is I think is part of the tour. And uh, the only thing they haven't put it like in play, they nobody's allowed in the basement because the basement is we don't, we never wanted to film in there. It's such a gross, disgusting place. Nobody ever wants to be in there. And uh, she and then she doesn't allow any of the guests to go down there either. Because it's just like, it's a place that nobody should ever be in. Gotcha. <laughs> but most, of the, most of the stuff she keeps most of the stuff like uh, still as is. She's done a lot of renovating the hotel since but there's a lot of places that fans of Hell House can go to her haunt and see a lot of the um, the rooms as they were shot in uh, Hell House.
1: Oh, that's so cool. I'm going to have to do that at some point then. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah. A lot of people
0: I see on Facebook, people reach out to me all the time and say, um, uh, they reach on our Facebook page and they uh, say that they visited the haunt and they take pictures outside of it. And it's great to see like some fans are figuring out where it is and going to see it. Um, if you go there out of season, you can only see the outside. You go there in season, which is, uh, I think they start at the end of, I think they start in September. Um, but obviously through October is their, their main season. And then, uh, you can see a lot of the locations and, and go inside and see a lot of the locations. Oh, really that's cool. so locations. Cool. Yeah. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, the bar it. is the one place where they've kept it exactly as is, which is great. Uh, like, Cause mm-hmm. I always think if we're ever going to uh, film anything additional for it. We need the bar to stay yeah. as is. So I'm glad she hasn't uh, touched anything on that.
1: That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Now, now was this always going to be found footage?
0: No, the original script was um, meant to be narrative. Um, and I changed the format. Mostly for story reasons, but also then it helped me work out with but for budget reasons. But for story reasons, I changed it because I just thought it, it made a more a compelling story to be told as a documentary. Um and I just I thought that was much better than trying to do a narrative, a traditional narrative. So I changed it to found footage, but more documentary, found footage more so than just and what I always wanted to do was I always wanted to uh, show how the footage was presented to the audience instead of just like movie opens and we're just presented with raw footage and we're not even know how it's put together who's who like how we're seeing we don't know how we're seeing that was the whole purpose of hell house originally was just to say this is an edited documentary this is how the footage was found this is how you're seeing it um someone put this together to present to the audience um instead of it just like opens unfound footage and yeah. and so that's why i chose that format
1: Okay, well, it was very effective. So great right job <laughs> Now, did you have any inspirations via uh, found footage? I mean, you said like Mungo, Was there any? Yeah, other like, Mungo
0: there? was big. Uh, uh, you know, but but just like you, I, I enjoy I enjoy the okay. genre. So um, all the classics. I you know you know Blair Witch is uh was the trailblazer for the obviously for the for the genre itself. Um, uh, you know, even though I know horror junkies will always argue, what is the first? Um, but but Blair Witch still um, was the trailblazer. You know, got the genre going. Um, but uh, so what they did was great, and what they did was they scared you with the unknown, and I think and they scared you subtly. And I love I love the subtle scares, and uh, I love so my my favorite movie is The Exorcist. I think that still holds up. And so I was I always loved going the route of the satanic supernatural route um so that's that was kind of so i guess uh, the exorcist was a uh, inspiration for that even though we're not really dealing with any kind of like possession or anything um but it's it, I, I love supernatural and i love the supernatural that deals with like demons and hell and uh, and okay. safe stuff so
1: i love that yeah that's amazing yeah. now no, i assume you're i mean you're a horror fan obviously like yeah. it, what i mean you mentioned you know you like that satanic, satanic stuff and all that what other films like insp- influence you i guess as a filmmaker in general and like in writing and all that stuff like what would you put on and be like I want to watch this for inspiration or, you know, vice versa, like listening to something or.
0: It is actually, um, when it comes to filmmaking, filmmaking, uh, it's always, uh, uh, it's all, it's, it is always the exorcist. Okay. Uh, that's always the goal. And what I always tell, whenever we get together to make a new film, I always tell everybody, the goal is to make something as scary as the exorcist. And I always say that because I know we'll never reach that goal. You know, I don't think anything will ever be. And I would say, as long as we're trying to be, even if we get like just a little bit, like almost there, we'll make a very, very terrifying movie. But like, so that I said, nothing's ever going to be as scary as The Exorcist in my mind. And I think mm-hmm. that was so horrifying, but I always put that as a lofty goal for everyone. We're trying, we're going to try to do it. I love that. And, it, and, and even in falling short, which we always will because The Exorcist is king, um, in falling short, we'll, we'll still scare people. Um, it, as long as we have that very high goal. Uh, set that very high goal, you come short of that goal, you're still going to make a a really good uh, horror film. So, and that's why I always use uh, extras as an inspiration. Uh, I think it's just such a good, such a good film.
1: Love that. That's amazing. Now you said you reworked the script to make it found footage. Originally was not. I'm always curious about this because I've never, I mean, I've tried to write scripts, but not, especially not found footage. Like how does that, how much of the movies, I guess all of them, are scripted versus kind of just, you know, as you're just like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Everything is so everything is scripted. So I write the scripts are are all the the scripts are all they look just like any other script even though they're found footage, it's still it's still Paul's line, Sarah's line, Alex's line, and the action in between, Um, and and new scenes. Uh, What is good about found footage is that you don't have to stick to every single line as scripted because there's no coverage that you have to edit together so we don't have to match things um, perfectly. Uh, If people are, and I always tell the actors, um, I said, it's okay if you don't say the line, I'm never gonna call it cut because you're saying the line wrong. I just, if you get the essence of the line and you you deviate, but you still got there in a different way, all I want from you is to sound as natural as possible, that in in any way it needs, you need a line to feel natural, then don't worry about the way I wrote it, say it the way you wanna say it, as long as you still got the meaning and we, and we, and in a lot of sense, in a lot of places, the actors said exactly the lines that were written. A lot of times they said it, like a variation of the line that's just the way. And then, and then we'd always shoot a lot of takes that were right next to the script. Like the actor saying the lines either as is or variations of the lines. And then we'd always, the last take, I would just say, just like, you know, just screw it, you know, just throw out the script and just, we always call it the wild card takes. Just say whatever you want and to see where the conversation goes. And uh, and sometimes we were able to use some of those wildcard takes and put them inside, like in the middle or at the end of the scripted scene itself. And uh, and then I also I gave them they had one afternoon to go out on their own and with the camera and just shoot all this kind of B-roll stuff on their own. Uh, And and we got a lot of fun stuff out of that. They shot hours and hours of footage. I went through every single minute of it um and, and of of the, those hours they shot uh i think i put about two minutes of that in, into the film wow it's like it's fun stuff like the part where like joey's like doing his eye trick and like and they're talking like and then uh, i think uh was it tony comes in and goes he lost his eye and he had the fake eye <laughs> like that was like that was part of that those those b-roll stuff that they're filming on their own and uh, but they had so much good stuff I, that I wanted to put a lot of it in there. But obviously you're trying to keep the movie, I think we had, what it was, like 93 minutes, trying to keep it tight, trying to keep it moving. But it was, but it, it added some like levity before we got into the, um, the meat of the, uh, of the movie, into the second act. And when the big scare started, started happening, um, I put a little bit of those, 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 those funny moments of the group together. And I think that helped the audience bond with the group a little bit more before things started getting heavy. Sure. uh so i, I love that they did it and they did a great job with all their improv b-roll stuff was great
1: i was gonna say acting the acting like i feel like in a lot of times you know a lower budget horror movie especially fun footage it's hard like that's it's hard to act and they did your the whole cast did a fantastic job it was very believable yeah, they're really it was, good. very legit like they were actually making the movie like a doc it was very it was awesome yeah. um now as far as like the camera work goes, I mean, you had a DP obviously, but did the actors ever touch the camera and like hold the camera? Yeah. It it always depends on. Like, it
0: is different for every film though. But in Hell House One, um, Gore Abrams, who plays Paul, was very excited about the idea of, of holding the camera and getting in there and doing it, which was which was very helpful because I I I was worried that it'd be. You know, like an actor didn't want to do that, and was kind of like, "Can the DP do that? Would rather the DP do that?" And I wanted an actor that would want to jump in there, and get their hands dirty, and play with the camera, and and just really get into the character that way. And Paul um, and Gord uh, Abrams did that, uh, and he did a great job with it. So um, Brian Harnick, who's our was our cinematographer for the first one, uh, you know, he's he's so good at what he does. He's so good at like letting the actors know what they have to do, and getting the camera ready for them to shoot it, and then get you know, and then you do everything with the lights and uh, get everything ready to shoot. And then for her, for him, I'm sure that was like a different role for him to be like, everything's ready to shoot. And then I'm going to stand back and (laughs) not be part of the camera process. I know for a cinematographer, that's kind of, yeah, I every every time i talk to cinematographers and and talking to them about doing found footage, I'm like, I know this is not what you get gotten to cinematography to do, <laughs> <laughs> right? But I still need a cinematographer for this. And uh, but Brian was great. He loved what we were doing. He did such a good job on the film, and he did a good job uh, helping the actors get comfortable with the camera and and doing that.
1: That's so fun. I bet this was a blast to edit. I'm sure it was like that. It
0: was. I, I edited it and I had so much fun editing because it, it's like, cause, and the way I saw it is, is I, I went to um, an editing school uh, after college. I just took like a, like a, like a four week uh, course on editing in, in New York city. And I remember then talking about the process of documentary um, editing and like how you, you kind of reinvent a story in the editing process through going through interviews and, and all the, all the B-roll footage you get in documentaries. And I kind of approached it that way. And and I was able to kind of like uh, mold the story a little bit different, like really make it like the last draft of the, of the script, as they say. Um, it, it re- that was like very true for this, editing this movie. It, like filming it as a doc, as a fake doc, but then editing as if it were a real doc. Um, mm-hmm. and finding the right places to put the interviews in. And, and, you know, and so, that, so I, I had a lot of fun trying to, and it's just, it's, it's just a fun process. And I remember um, we filmed in May and i edited it throughout the entire summer, september, october and then in november was the first time i showed um uh anybody the film and it was a big group and and, and and it seemed to go over well with this group of people that didn't really know what they were getting into and didn't really know what they were seeing and and that's when I knew I was like okay I think this is going to work because it, it worked well on that group and uh, and so I got, I got excited about it all over again in November and then uh, and then we I, soon after that I put it, I sent it to a couple of festivals and we went we went to a few festivals with it and it did well there as well. So oh, that's that was, awesome. That was really exciting. Yeah, I'd say the audience experience showing your film to an audience is so much uh more fun and uh i know filmmakers love doing that over not having any kind of a live experience with their film i know these days it's a lot tougher to do but having getting that getting to do that with hell house was was so much fun
1: oh that's so cool now was that in the theater with a theater screenings or oh well, the the festivals yeah it was Festival, a theater right,
0: right. the festivals it was shown in uh and so two of them but the one uh, i went to was a. Um, uh, telluride Horror Fest. Oh, cool! Uh, which is in telluride itself, but it's right after the, the big telluride Film Festival. There's telluride Horror Festival happens after that, and uh, I flew out there and, and just had a blast with it. And uh, the, we had a great crowd. It was like Friday, at, like I'm gonna say four or five o'clock, and I was worried like people are gonna be working, nobody's gonna really come, and. Um, and you know people came in. it was awesome and it was great crowds the first like um, uh theater kind of crowd that saw Hell House they had a great reaction to it and that was kind of like then it settled my nerves a little bit like knowing like I don't <laughs> know how this is going to be uh, taken and then I was like okay people seem to like it but aren't my mom so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome yeah
1: Oh, that would have been this one I would have loved to see it in theaters. I mean, one of my favorite experiences and movies is Cloverfield, and I think you know seeing oh, something yeah. like that on the big screen is just so impactful. It's yeah. like you're there, and it's it's incredible, and especially when you have the scares like as in your movies, and it's it's so effective. Like, yeah. Well, Cloverfield
0: is like I more so than Hell House. Cloverfield is a movie that has to be. Yeah. It's much better for the theater because those 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 sequences are just so crazy and awesome and uh you know, like when it comes to the Hell House, I think big screen, small screen, it's all the same because we, we're not doing anything big, but, like, there's scares are subtle. I think, um, so I think in people, in most, pretty much 99% of everyone have seen Hell House has seen it, like, probably on their private home television. And I think that's that's fine. And I've always, I, I, I always made it that way because it is, at the end of the day, it's a dock, but it has subtle scares in it. I, I think it plays well on TV too, but, uh, there's some, yeah, you're right. There's some horror movies that like, it's just so much better in the theater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the sound is like, the sound design for me is huge. Like whenever I tell people to watch a movie, like it's hard. Cause I want to show my friends, like, you know, especially like paranormal movies, like the conjuring and stuff. I'm like, I want to watch this with you guys. You're going to talk the whole time. And sound is such an important, sound design is such an important also, part.
0: Well, the sound in, and good. Uh, you mentioned that was that we spent a lot of time, um, you're prepping the sound for these films, uh, especially in Hell House 1, they have like, you know, full surround sound and have sounds coming in different areas and everything like that. When you watch at home, most people don't have a surround sound setup. So it's like, it's completely right. moot. So, um, and that only plays in a the theater. So, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, making the surround sound experience for, For all the all the Hellas films, for an audience that probably nobody has seen, so it didn't really matter at the end. But we still, I mean, we still have to we still have to present it in in full surround, anyways. um, Regardless, like we're obligated to, we have to. um, But but it's still like nobody's experiencing it that way. I mean, at least people I know. I I want a home uh, surround sound setup myself, but it's just like it hasn't been in the cars and convincing my wife to put like speakers all over our living room hasn't (laughs) worked out so.
1: But it makes it that much better. Like when you're watching a movie, you're like wow, this isn't really really. Cool. Oh, much
0: better. I just wow. I, I just have a sound bar with a uh uh, uh what do you, what do you call it? the um, uh, um subwoofer bass
1: subwoofer yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah yeah and whenever you know using that on on films is um it, it's uh, it, it's so you could feel it's just so much more impactful. <laughs> i can imagine just having the the subwoofer and um in this round would just be knocking out of the park but i haven't gotten there yet i'm gonna get there one of these one of these in my birthday i'm gonna get it
1: (laughs) you should i'm gonna do the same (laughs) Uh, now i guess this could be a question for the whole trilogy but what was your do you have a favorite part and a hardest part throughout the whole trilogy like you have a favorite memory slash like making a movie or something that you was really difficult?
0: I think my, well, um, my favorite sequence in the movie um, uh, is probably the hardest. And that would be doing the tour goer stuff in the beginning of the first one. And the reason I call it my favorite, it's not like my favorite, like there's, there's scares I love um, so much and stuff with the clown, like just walking down the stairs towards the clown was something, that was the first scare I conceived of in Hell House. And I'm glad like I just, and nothing changed of that since like the first draft of the script to the last them walking down the stairs in the middle of the night towards the clown. Uh, so I love filming that. I love seeing that come out, but in terms of like, it was so hard to do that tour goer scene and make it and pull it off and make it and, and do it in a day, like half a day. Like we right. have really crunch time to do it. And that, you know, that's just a testament to everybody like uh, Joe Bandelli, my producer and all their crew assistant directors. Um, they were there organizing the extras, getting people set and, Angie decorating the set is just so many, so many people just doing their job at a thousand percent to pull that off. Um, Cause it, it was just, I, I always knew when I wrote the script, I'm like, this is going to be tough. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> and it was, it was very, very tough, but um, uh, it, 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 it worked out to, and it worked out. That's the thing. I think, it, I think, it, I think it worked out. Um, I, I personally feel um it worked out well. And so that's why I think, it's my favorite just because I know how hard it was to make it work. And I think it did work. So that's why I think it's my favorite, but mm-hmm.
1: cool. Very yeah. rewarding. I bet. to see that come to life. What's that? I said very rewarding to see that come to life. I bet. It, yeah, it, it is. It is
0: socially something where you're just like, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. I, I'm not going to change. A lot of things, what happens when you're writing scripts and what I always advise people to do is the write for what you think you can pull off on a low budget. And that I think, I'd never changed it. I just said, like, I think we can pull this off because uh, it doesn't require money. It just requires dedicated people, um, extras to come out and say, yeah, I'll stand there in the rain for hours. And and I was hoping we would get that. And then we did. And they were amazing. The town's amazing. Um, for People in that town are amazing for coming out and doing that for us and helping us out. And then Angie um, was great at organizing. those people. She's the one who reached out on Facebook, blasted it out, said, hey, we're filming a movie. We need extras. She got the um, fire department on board to come out and, and do that and to get the fire department to run multiple takes, you know, like, I bet. <laughs> go, come, come screaming down with your sirens. Okay. Cut. <laughs> now go back and do it again. Now go back wow. like over and over. And they did it. They were fine with it. That's it, cool. it worked that's out. Awesome. That's yeah. so cool. That's such a yeah. cool habit of that. Well, that's why that. I was saying filming in small towns, you'll get people who are, will, will help and they're willing to. You, you film in bigger cities, film in New York, everyone's going to say, no, screw you, Like get out of my way small towns they're like cool you're filming a movie is there anything i can do to help and i love that that's so
1: cool and that's one of the reasons why i like love this film tourism thing it's like you know when i was in portland you know astoria the home of the goonies like it's such a small little town and it's um it's cool because like everyone kind of right like they live off of that you know it's like in their city like it's part of them and it's cool to see that and i assume it's the same thing with you know that little town too yeah it was
0: it was yeah it was everyone had a great time uh it's uh they were they were great
1: good now, was this always planned as a trilogy?
0: Uh, yeah. It's an, I mean, I, I always thought, like, if I ever get to make more of these films, I'll explain X, Y, and Z. So I, I made a lot of things ambiguous in the story purposely, thinking that like, Hey, and the off chance that anybody likes this film, maybe I'll make another one. Um, so I was just kind of like in the back of my mind kind of thing, maybe I'll make more, but like in my, my realistic part of my brain was telling me a like, you're making a low budget found footage. i like, no, let's, not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right. Like you'll be lucky if anybody sees one. Uh, and, so, uh, and so it was just an idea in the back of my head that I was able to eventually, yeah, pen out and, and, and explore more once, um, uh once i, I saw that people were liking the original i thought maybe i can i can expand on the story
1: that's so interesting because because like after watching all three like they're very well connected like they're, they all serve as their individual movies like i love a i love a really good loose trilogy and this i i consider this one a really well done version of that it's like they they're great trilogy but they can also live on their own and mm. it almost feels like you shot it sequentially so that's kind of interesting that you
0: not <laughs> i think it helps that like we were filming in the same location for all three um and that was a hindrance and a, that was a there's a, a curse and a blessing being able to film at the abaddon hotel I, th- I thought it very hard to write new scares in the abaddon by the time i got to Hell house three like the story's there like i know how i want to end it but i'm like i like how do i write a new scare in this hotel it's like we've seen it all. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> so that was that was the challenge for hell house three but um uh, i think it worked out but uh but yeah, no, I love shooting in the same location. I think helps that vibe of uh, keeping the story connected and all. Like it's like just one story. And actually, I I I, I see it as one story told in three parts. Um, instead of like I I always tell people that my don't consider my I don't consider Hell House three my third film. I consider it the third part of my first film. Um, gotcha, so thanks. the new film coming out eight two five uh, Forest Road, I consider that my second film i consider this trilogy almost like technically i'm saying it's wrong that the trilogy is my first second and third film but i just for me it just never seemed that way it just seems like i was just filming different parts of the same movie um but you know at different different times
1: i very much agree with that actually you know when i talk about favorite movies it's almost like the trilogy i consider the trilogy as one so yeah. yeah i totally get that yeah. um yeah. Well, cool. I mean, yeah, w- won't keep you much longer, but um, one question I got to ask you is the piano notes. I love it. Love yeah. the, love the song. Where, where did that come from?
0: <laughs> that was, uh, that was Gore, uh, Paul. Uh, so the script is calls for, uh, and in the script, it just says Paul is playing a little piano jingle with his friend Hector. And, uh, and the only reason I wrote that in there was to set up, that that's just a setup for the scare later on after paul's disappeared we hear that same piano jingle he's playing somewhere in the house so that makes tony and um and uh and mac come down and explore the first floor uh i never specified what that was going to be and paul was sitting there at the piano and he's like should i come up with something or i was like yeah i don't care let's fool around see what do you come up with and he just starts going dun 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 dun, and I was like, "Don't (laughs) stop! That's it! Don't do anything here!" Like, perfect. It was so subtle and perfect. And he was having so and and he was and that's what I mean. Like he uh, and all of them, they got into their characters so well and had such. They had such a fun time making this as well, and and they did everything that someone like me making my first film needs their actors to do, which is to um, uh, really help me out by just like putting a lot of effort into their own characters themselves. Uh, I'm wearing 10 hats myself. uh, And so not having to always get the actors there is helpful when I know that they're already immersed in the world themselves. And like, so that working with them was great.
1: Oh, that's so cool. That must have made it a lot easier to do everything. It it, did just work with a good (laughs) group
0: of actors like that. They're having fun. They're in character all the time. They're so well together. They're having fun on camera and off camera um, and just getting a good group together. Uh, With crew and actors, when you have a good group, on, a, on an indie film it's an experience for them and it's and when people can bond and have fun it's just uh and that's what our production was everyone had a good time on it so it, 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 lasting friendships have been made on it so
1: oh that's so cool yeah. great um now i watch all these films on shutter is there where else can you are these you know on? Yeah, they're or? on amazon and itunes
0: as well okay, um, cool. but uh i always say yeah shutter is the place to go i mean because the show is the best yeah and once you you watch a movie on shutter you you find other things like it on Shutter, and the way Sh- Shutter breaks down their genres of horror is, is great and helpful. And it's just, just the best place for, for, so I'm just, I've been such happy that we could, we were able to be partners with Shutter, and they can put our films on their platform. That's very, because humbling for me since I'm a fan of Shutter myself.
1: Sure. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess we can wrap it up here. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned briefly, you know, go into as much detail as you want or as little as you want, but you said you'd wrapped up another film that you're doing. Like what, whatever you're comfortable explaining with, you know, what do you have kind of coming up?
0: Yeah, no, it's just a, it's a movie called A25 Force Road. We shot it last October, uh, September into October and, um, of 2021 last year. And it's uh currently nearing picture lock within the next few weeks of, of its edit. Um, so I don't know when it, you know, what the timeline is after that, but basically all it's, it's, it's just my, it's just a good old fashioned haunted house tale.
1: Amazing. Uh, I'm in. I will be there to watch it when it comes yeah. out. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, sweet. I mean, yeah, this is, you know, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you talking and taking your time out of your day to do this. So
0: Great. No, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Of course. Yeah. Well, cool.
0: Sounds good, man. Thanks all so much. Right. All right. Yeah, you got it. All
1: right. Bye.